welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 194. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. How's your October going? Got your sweaters out, your giant mugs of latte-ness with uh, you know, the fall colors swirled in. Maybe mix some, some dead leaves in there. That's yummy. Good stuff. I love fall. What's going on? Let's see. Last night, I was watching The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and John Hamm was one of his guests, and they were doing a bit where they uh, they look at mock movie posters of films that supposedly Hamm and Colbert have starred in together. And the posters have the two of them and some other stuff on there. It's all Photoshop stuff and goofy titles of films like Preza Dog, about a dog who's the president of the United States, and some other ones, and they're making up stories about what it was like to film these movies. And at one point, uh, I don't know what the name of the, the fake movie is, but it's it's the two of them dressed as Mario and Luigi. And they make some jokes about plumbers doing this and that. And, you know, Ham breaks out the, the fact, first of all, that Mario's a plumber. And then he, he references Donkey Kong. Now, it, of course, it's not secret knowledge who Mario and Luigi are or that... Mario's a plumber, that they originated, the characters originated in Donkey Kong or anything. But, you know, clearly, I, I think we can conclude that John Hamm is, is you know, star of Mad Men, Good Omens. Um, he was promo- promoting a movie called Lucy in the Sky, I think. That's his new film coming out. Big, big star. Uh, I think we can only conclude that he's also an Atari nerd. And it's really only a matter of time before he's a guest on this show. So, first of all, he's going to endorse it, I, I have no doubt. So, John, if you're listening, you know, if you could put something out on Twitter, or, uh, I don't know if you're on Twitter or not, but if you're on Twitter, you could put something out, maybe start, you know, when you're on the red carpet at various things, start mentioning Atari Bytes, that'd be good. Uh, you know, Drop me an email, ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Um, let me know when you want to come on the show, and I'll try to work you in. Alright, so, until that happens, we got to fill the, the show with something. So, here's a thing. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship, or else he'll go splat. He's Mad Mike Hughes. Mad Mike Hughes. The Rocket Man page on Facebook has been kind of quiet. There's one new post since we talked last. October 2nd, the post is a picture of... Mad Mike flanked by two other dudes. Um, apparently in the early morning, looks like the sun is rising. And the uh, caption is, Daybreak. When you're launching a rock to prove the Earth is flat, you have to get up early, preferably before the cops come. Alright, and then there's a link to the website, more info about the film, links to Instagram and Twitter. Well, not really links, I guess, just references to uh, the Instagram and Twitter accounts at This Is Rocket Man. The Rocket Man Instagram page has all the same stuff that we've been talking about, as does the Twitter account. Mad Mike Hughes has not raked in any new donations on the Mad Mike Hughes GoFundMe page. The Flat Earth Community Rocket Launch page also, I don't think, has gotten any new donations, but of course they already exceeded their goal. Mad Mike, not so much. A quick Google search doesn't reveal anything new going on with Mad Mike. The last the most recent thing I see is from August 9th, 
a couple articles talking about how Mad, Mad Flat Earther is planning to launch again soon, in quotes. But of course we recall that that launch failed because of a problem with his Craigslist Steam Maker thing. And apparently nothing since. Maybe he's got to sell a few more downloads of his movie or something to raise those funds. As always, if any of you have watched the Rocket Man movie, not the Elton John biopic, or you know what the heck, if you've seen that Rocket Man movie, if you want to tell me about that one too, let me know. Either one. Uh, I'm not picky. All right. Well, nothing to see here. Let's move on. Gonna prove that the world is flat in his rocket ship. Or else he'll go splat He's Mad Mike Hughes Mad Mike Hughes We don't typically talk about arcade games on this show. We leave that to others who know way more about it than I do. But I saw an article on CBR.com. Atari brings back Centipede, Asteroids, and more an exclusive arcade one-up deal. Arcade One-Up has announced an exclusive partnership with iconic gaming company Atari to bring some of its iconic titles to replica arcade cabinets. Games like Centipede and Asteroids will be joining uh, games like Final Flight, Pac-Man, and Mortal Kombat. There's some quotes uh, from the various representatives of of these companies saying how excited they are to ensure quality gameplay, cooperate together to make the best product out there. The partnership marked the convenience of iconic games coming into the homes of gaming fans while eliciting nostalgia for them. The article's pretty short on details as to when and where and the cost and all that, which is to say there are no details about any of that other than it's happening, which could mean it's not happening at all. Dunno. Just keep your ears and your eyes and your wallets tuned for that. Alright. Well, let's move on to this week's game. This week's game is... Data 8 presents the world's first rock video game, Journey Escape. The concert's over. Now you must help each member of Journey escape through mobs of love-crazed groupies, shifty-eyed promoters, I can get you the forest, and sneaky photographers. Find your roadies and manager, and run for the escape vehicle, and live to rock another day. Journey Escape for the Atari 2600 from Data Age. Journey Escape from Data Age, 1982. Get ready for this. Reading the manual... You're on the road with Journey, one of the world's hottest rock groups. A spectacular performance has just ended. Now it's up to you to guide each Journey band member past hordes of love-crazed groupies, sneaky photographers, and shifty-eyed promoters to the safety of the Journey escape vehicle in time to make the next concert. Your mighty manager and loyal roadies are there to help, but the escape is up to you. Yep. So they took the band Journey and turned them into a video game. All right. You have to lead all five members of the band Journey uh, through waves of pesky characters and backstage obstacles to the Scarab escape vehicle, which is sort of this weird orange thing, which I guess is maybe supposed to look look like a Scarab. I think it'd be kind of more trippy and cool if it was a space vehicle, but it it was just a bus, which is what you would expect them to get onto if this game was more quote-unquote realistic. So you have to get them to the Scarab escape vehicle before time runs out, and you get 60 seconds. You also have to protect $50,000 in concert cash, which apparently you're just holding in your hands. Uh, I have to protect that from the grasping groupies, photographers, and promoters. All of the Journey band members at that time were featured in the game. Drummer Steve Smith, keyboard player Jonathan Kane, bass player Ross Valerie, lead guitarist Neil Schoen, and lead singer Steve Perry. 
And as the game says here, it won't be easy. As Journey says, some will win, some will lose. Some manual writer at Date Age was really proud when they thought of that line. The famous Scarab Escape vehicle featured on Journey's hit album, Escape, is waiting for you. Can you get there with all five members? If you touch one of the love-crazed groupies, they'll take $300 from your $50,000 and slow you down. Shifty ad promoters take $2,000. Sneaky photographers, and these are the ones that bug me the most because they just pop up on the screen every now and then. It's kind of flashy, flashy, and it kind of hurts your eyes, which I guess is the idea, right? Photographers flashing uh, cameras in your face can do that. They're hidden in the crowd. The photographer would jump out at the opportune moment and indiscriminately take your picture. It will cost you time and $600 to secure the negatives. What are negatives, you ask? Kids, go ask your parents. Then there's annoying obstacles, and they truly are annoying, called stage barriers that don't cost you any money but slow you down. There are helpful characters in the game. A loyal roadie may be hard to reach, but contact him. He's just sort of this weird-looking little blue guy with yellow horns. And he kind of has a half smile on his face. But if you touch him, he makes you an invulnerable. And you can kind of run up, uh, run faster and not get slowed down by anything. Then you have the mighty manager. Big orange thing with feet and a crown, I guess. And as we'll see, is pointed out in many of the reviews, he's basically the Kool-Aid man. When things are looking bad, your manager is the only one that can keep you in the game. He'll not only allow the Journey band members to run through the entire crowd to the escape vehicle without being stopped, but he'll also get you an additional $9,900. Sweet. Um, I will tell you that in the bit that I played this game this morning, I never saw the manager, which will explain my performance in the game in the field report. How do you play? Well, you hook up your video game system. Then you put the Journey escape cartridge into the console. You turn the game on, you adjust the brightness control of your TV, and you plug in your joystick controller. By the way, we're using joysticks for this one. You can play with two players. Uh, use the joystick controller. Player 1 uses the left controller. Player 2 uses the right controller. Color setting and all of that. Level A is advanced. B is for beginners. You already knew that. You can match the skill levels of two players by having one play at A and the other play at B. The fire button starts the game, but I don't know that it does a whole lot in the game. There's something later about how you can do fancier turns or something, but I didn't really notice any difference. Once the five players are safely in their vehicle, the game reverts to the introductory scene for about 15 seconds, after which time it will automatically switch to the gameplay scene, and an additional 50,000 will be added to your score. To prevent losing your accumulated score, do not reset the game during the replay of the introductory scene. You will automatically change to the gameplay scene. If a player doesn't get to the escape vehicle in the allotted time, you've missed the next concert and the game is over. I failed Journey many, many times this morning. It's a wonder that they have so many albums out. Go check your collections, uh, you Journey fans, because you may discover, wait, weren't there more albums than this? Well, no, no, they're not, because I changed history, and the band members didn't get to their escape vehicle. I am terribly sorry. You start the game with $50,000 and 60 units of time. Each time you get stopped by a group, you have for a promoter, you lose some of your money. And as we said, if you find a manager, you get a bonus, 9900 If you get to the vehicle before the time runs out, any extra time apply is applied to the next band member. If you get all five of them into the escape vehicle, time to spare, the extra time is converted to a bonus of 100 bucks for each unit of time saved. And as I said, once the all five players are in there, the game reverts to the introductory scene, and you can keep going with an additional $50,000 added to your score. Strategies. Once you've started gameplay, use your joystick controller to guide each journey band member past the stage barriers, groupers, photographers, and promoters. That's not so much an additional strategy as really just how you play the game. You have to move fast. Again, 
For maximum speed, though, hold the joystick controller in the forward position when the player moves about two-thirds up the screen, all the obstacles pass by faster, which is true. But this is one of those games where, uh, and I complain about this with a lot of games, your screen is only so big, and you got stuff falling at you from the top of the screen, and it's huge stuff. So your ability to get around it is limited by virtue of the fact that you don't see it until it's right on top of you. But, I mean, that's just me griping, I guess. Once you've made contact with a roadie, a series of musical notes play in rapid succession. As long as the notes are playing, you'll be able to run up the middle without being stopped. Manager's appearances will be rare, but if you're fortunate enough to contact one, you get 9900 bucks and can run through the entire crowd without being stopped. For extra quick, sideways or backward, downward moves, use the fire control button while shifting the joystick in the desired direction. Since the promoter will cost you more money than the groupies or photographers, greater attention should be given to avoiding promoters. Look for other data age video games wherever video game cartridges are sold. If you can't find our games in your area, drop us a line and we'll send you a list of stores near you. Anyone know if there are any data age stores around? Let me know. And that is how you play Journey Escape. For the few of you that don't know this, Journey is an American rock band that formed in San Francisco in 73. Made up largely, I guess, of former Santana and Frumius Bandersnatch band members. The strongest commercial success occurred between 78 and 87 when Steve Perry was lead vocalist. Uh, and they had a series of hit songs during that period, including Don't Stop Believin', which in 2009 was the top-selling track in iTunes history, among songs not released in the 21st century. Its parent studio album, Escape, the band's seventh and most successful, reached number one on the Billboard 200 and yielded another of their most popular singles, Open Arms. The 83 follow-up, Frontiers, was almost as successful in the U.S., reaching number two and spawning several successful singles, brought in the band's appeal in the U.K., where it hit number six on the U.K. albums chart. Journey enjoyed a successful reunion in the mid-90s and later regrouped with a series of lead singers. Two gold albums, eight multi-platinum albums, and two diamond albums. I knew about gold and platinum. I didn't know diamond albums were a thing. Who knew? Not me. I just said that. Seven consecutive multi-platinum albums between 78 and 87. 18 top 40 singles in the U.S., six of which reached the top 10 of the U.S. chart, and two of which reached number one on other Billboard charts. Originally a progressive rock band, Journey was described by all music as having com- cemented a reputation as one of America's most beloved and sometimes hated commercial rock pop bands by 1978, when they redefined their sound by embracing pop arrangements on their fourth album, Infinity. Recording Industry Association of America says Journey has sold 48 million 48 million albums in the U.S., making them the 25th best-selling band, worldwide sales of over 75 million, making them one of the world's best-selling bands of all time. USA Today opinion poll in 2005 named Journey the fifth best rock band in history. Their songs have become arena rock staples and are still played on rock radio stations across the world. Journey ranks number 96 on BH1's 100 greatest artists of all time. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2017. Inductees included lead singer Steve Perry, guitarist Neil Schoen, keyboardist Jonathan Cain, and Greg Roll, uh, Rolly, bassist Ross Rel, uh, Valerie, and drummers Ainsley Dunbar and Steve Smith. Interestingly, the popular culture section of the Wikipedia article does not mention being turned into a video game. Also, weirdly, one of the things I read said that the video game was inspired or tied in with the 83 album Frontiers, not with the previous album or, or song Escape even though the game is called Journey Escape. Seems a little weird to me, but no one asked me. Probably because I was like 10. On the other hand, Wikipedia, in another article, says that the 
game was inspired by the album Escape. So, there's some disagreement there on the internet. I know it's shocking. People disagree about things on the internet. Apparently the Scarab Escape vehicle, I, I, I confess here, I am aware of Journey, I know some of their songs, I am not a Journey expert, but apparently the cover of the Escape album is the Scarab Escape vehicle, and that's what you see in the game. The intro tune is an excerpt, excerpt from Don't Stop Believin', which is on the Escape album. The in-game music, however, appears to be an original tune rather than based on a Journey song. Like I said, not a Journey expert, but I really did not recognize the music within the game. I read an article on Uproxx, headlined, We bought and played Journey Escape on Atari 2600, for some reason. I enjoyed the opening paragraph of this article, which is written, by the way, by Mike Ryan from 2018. So I've developed an either bad or maybe great habit, depending on how you look at these things. My habit is, after a few pints at local pubs around my Manhattan neighborhood, I will go on eBay and buy random things. And then I forget about these said random things until they show up at my apartment. I once did this with an Atari 2600. Now that I own it, I sometimes buy old Atari games that look either fun or weird or stupid. And then sometimes the game fits all three, like it did when Journey Escape showed up at my door. So he goes on to say he knew about the arcade game. He never knew there was an Atari version pointing out that in 1982 he was like seven and Journey really wasn't on his radar. He goes on to explain the premise of the game, how it works. From the first time I started up the cartridge until I beat the game took about 12 minutes. Brighter. And once again I was rewarded with a primitive sounding mini version of Don't Stop Believing and I can rest easy now knowing that somewhere out there in an Atari 2600 universe Steve Smith, John McCain, Ross Valerie, Neil Schoen, and Steve Perry were all safe and sound on the spaceship. Old School Gamer observed that the game had an unbelievably simple if somewhat absurd premise, the gaf graphics were bizarre, and the gameplay was fairly repetitive, but still, you were helping Journey spread the gift of rock to a universe in need. Game Facts observed a lot of people bash this game for being terrible and being a knockoff of a good game, but personally, being a Journey fan, it looked bad for me and I almost didn't play it. Fortunately, I, before I could say it was a bad game, I gave it a shot and I actually enjoyed it. 3 out of 5 for concept, 5 out of 5 for graphics, meaning good for Atari. But did they have to make everyone look like some guy in green? I know it's Atari, but at least to give them different colored shirts. 4 out of 5 for sound, and 5 out of 5 for controls. Overall, 8 out of 10. Everyone disagrees about this, everyone degrades this game, I really don't see what's so bad about it. Honest Gamers says, Honestly, the toughest thing about Journey Escape is not accidentally running past the vehicle. If it scrolls off screen, it will never appear again, and that band member will just keep running into the night. Journey Escape is a really bad game, but one I have a soft spot for in my heart. It might be a poor game, but it did provide me with a good number of dumb, fun hours. I might have to take issue with that. I can't see playing this game for hours. Even though, I don't think it's a bad game either. Or rather, I do, but I don't think it's uh, offensively bad. Defunct Games says that anyone who knows video games is aware of certain fundamental truths. Side-scrollers will always go right. News outlets will always find a way to blame video games for real-world violence. And most importantly, licensed video games always suck. However, that last one isn't always the case. If you look deep into game history, you can find gems in the rough. Journey Escape is one of those. The game holds up even after 30 years. The game is loosely based on the album Escape by the 1980s band Journey. By loosely, I mean it's based just on the artwork on the album cover. That may seem strange, but keep in mind that at this time, there were games based on the movie Porties, Chuck Wagon Dog Food, and The Kool-Aid Man. And then they also note, as I did, that the manager just basically looks like The Kool-Aid Man. And finally, Woodgrain Wonderland says, I never thought in a million years that I would even enjoy Journey Escape. I played it many times in the past only to give up in frustration. But that was before I heeded my often given but sometimes ignored advice of reading the bloody manual. Before I knew it, I was greedily hitting the reset button for more. 
No doubt this is one of the strangest games ever released for the 2600, and one of the problems I had initially with the game was that I would play whole games without any of the helpful characters even appearing. Playing a little more, it seems like the game rewards your ability to dodge the obstacles by presenting the helpful sprites more often. It takes patience, but it pays off. One of the best sounding games available for the console, with a strong 8-bit rendition of Don't Stop Believing, as well as a tuneful ditty playing throughout the game. I have to give Journey themselves props for recognizing the cross-marketing potential between video games and their young audience at such an early date. Whatever their strengths as musicians and songwriters, innovation was never their strong suit. They played solid pop songs that rocked just hard enough to sound good blasting out of your local arcade speakers. But Journey Escape was prescient of the far-off rock band Guitar Hero era, when bands would routinely offer their names to music, or offer their names to games dedicated to their music. Alright, after the break, we won't go our separate ways, but rather seek the wheel in the sky where we'll find the rest of the show and embrace it with open arms, faithfully sure that we'll be entertained. Don't stop believing. Or, you know what? You do you. This is amazing. A Hard Day's Night is an iconic film. It's the Beatles for crying out loud. They're amazing. I can't wait to play this game inspired by the Beatles and this uh, amazing legendary film. And what? what? I'm recording a thing. What? 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 Read this. What? Journey? Really? All right. Let's do this instead then. So we're going to play Journey Escape. That's the thing we're about to do. Buckle in. Right off the bat, the colors are really, really pop. Looks really good on screen. That said, this uh, you know 8-bit digital music whatever gets annoying really fast. Aha! I got a loyal roadie to give me some speed, yo. Full disclosure, oh, the, those um, little photographer things that pop up flashing on screen every now and then are kind of seizure-inducing, which could be interesting. Um, I don't know what's up with these roadies. Some of them are huge. And I didn't make to the spaceship. Uh, poor Steve Perry's doomed to wander the streets alone babbling to himself. Um, Alright, I'll try one more time. I think I started to say earlier, full disclosure, I have not successfully gotten any of the band members to their ship in the time I've been playing this morning, but we'll give it another go, eh? Stupid barriers. There's a hell of a lot of promoters out Hey, Kool-Aid Man! you little band member. The invincibility doesn't last very long. Stop it, roadie. Ah, uh, all these roadies attacking me. It's like going to a comic convention for Atari Bytes. I totally can relate. I'm not gonna make it again, am I? Five. Four. Roadies? Or groobies? Man. Alright, one more. 
Some of those promoters are huge too. Stars in the back look good. You appear to be running in space, though. That's kind of weird. Oh. 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 Ah, I thought the ship was coming. There's just another barrier. Maybe I might have a shot this time. I can do it. Promoted. Oh, I failed again. Uh, Journey, I have failed you. Maybe I'll go listen to some uh, Ario Speedwagon instead. Alright, back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8 bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast, but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it. My family does sometimes, too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled Misery Banana, Very Short Stories Inspired by Old Games and Odd Thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about Journey Escape. I think I said earlier, it's bad, but inoffensively so. And it's really only bad in the sense of it's really, really repetitive. It looks really good. And it's, you know, sprites are fun. There's a little bit of a challenge there. As I said, I haven't successfully gotten a band member into the ship, although I haven't played it a whole lot. Um, I'd probably play a little bit more. I wouldn't spend an afternoon playing it, but I would put it in here and there and uh, try to do it. There have probably been worse tie-ins, as one of the articles I looked at said. Um, I don't really have a problem with it. If you understand that you're not going to get hours and hours of gameplay out of it, you're just going to get a little bit of fun. And, uh, you know, maybe it'll inspire you to pull out your Journey albums, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I have no particular hatred or fanatical love for the band Journey. I'm not even sure I have a Journey CD anywhere, but they're fun. I hear their music on the radio, and, and yeah, it's kind of nice. I like it. Uh, and I kind of feel the same way about their game. So, a solid, I don't do ra- grades on the show usually, but I'm going to give this a solid C. Right? It's average. It's fine. It's story time on Atari Bites. Yes, it's story, 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 story time with Bill. This week's story is titled, It's the Journey, Not the Destination. The summer air was thick and humid, making the darkness a heavy blanket my friends and I fought to kick off. 
The bright streetlights and storefronts provide a stark contrast to the blackness around us. Like if you bite into a cupcake with orange frosting and discover it's mint-flavored. I was 15 and wild. Okay, not that wild. But that night, I thought I was unstoppable. Stengel, Amy, and I ducked for cover in the sub shop just in time. The lightning from the oncoming storm competed with the glow from Journey's tour bus for supremacy at blinding all of us. That was amazing, Amy cried, drawing a scowl from the old bearded dude putting the crucial tomato on a BLT. Running for blocks and blocks, dodging weirdo roadies had left us drenched in sweat. Amy fanned her stomach with the tail of her Journey concert shirt. For a fleeting moment, I thought, hoped, she might take it off. She didn't. Damn it. Yeah, like amazing we're not dead, Stingle said. Stingle liked to exaggerate, though. Tonight I wasn't sure he was far off. He folded himself in half and lowered down onto one of the restaurant chairs that suddenly looked way too small. It fit me just right, though, unfortunately. Then we heard the roar of a huge vehicle launching skyward. How had all this happened? Altogether, my friends and I made the you're-about-to-see-flashback sound effects from TV, like really loud. Tomato Guy was not happy. I don't know how or why my dad scored journey tickets for us. I would probably have to mow the lawn every day for the rest of my life to make up for it, but it was worth it. Steve Perry was in fine form that night. Steve Smith kept the band in line. Jonathan Kane was on point. Ross Valerie looked a little bored, but all sounded, but still sounded pretty good. Neil Schoen only messed up once, but I don't think anyone else noticed. After everything that happened that night, though, the concert was an afterthought. We hung around a long time after the show was over. We knew we had time. My dad would never, my dad would take forever to find the Shaty's restaurant where he was supposed to pick us up. Dude, I just saw Ross getting on the tour bus, Stengel said as we dodged the other concert traffic. No, you didn't, Amy said. Yes, I did, Stengel said, getting on that bus thing, you know. Stengel didn't really know how to finish that sentence, but I couldn't really blame him. The tour bus was a colossal winged vehicle with rocket boosters. Probably not street legal for mere mortals, but come on, this was Journey. We could have gotten on there, Stingle said thoughtfully. The bus? I said, no way. Amy just laughed. Well, yeah, Stingle said. If it hadn't been for that three-headed roadie screaming at us. Sure, if it only been two heads, I said, you could have gotten right past him, I bet. Right now you'd be playing Ross's bass. Amy and I high-fived. It was glorious. Mock me all you want, Stingle said, but remember, I'm the one who scaled the stage barrier. It was true. Little surprised we didn't get thrown out, but Steve just sort of rolled with it. The shifty-eyed promoter that's always hanging around at these concerts, though, looked extra shifty-eyed until his eyes fell out of his head. I glanced out the window of the sub shop and saw uh, the Kool-Aid man? I don't know. Pretty sure that's what it was. Hey, kid, the tomato slinger said. Are you and your friends going to order something or not? I grinned at Amy, who just shrugged. Yeah, sure, I said. Give me a double-decker, triple-decker. I laughed. It seemed funny. Tomato guy didn't agree. No burgers, he said. Just subs. You want ham, turkey, or roast beef? The lower half of a sesame seed bun floated down from the ceiling. A sizzling beef patty followed, landing right on top of the bun. Plop. The old guy's beloved tomato came after that, and there was something familiar about all this but I wasn't sure what. No burgers, huh? I said. What do you call that? Pointing at this creation that had appeared in front of me. The old guy, though, just ignored me. Stingle bolted outside, running up and down the sidewalk. It's raining, he shouted. It's raining dollar bills, y'all. 
He stuck out his tongue as if he could catch them on his tongue like snowflakes. I opened the sub shop door and yanked Stengel back in. Ow, he said, tongue still wagging. I bet my thong. It's not raining money, dingus, I said. Duh, Amy said, pointing. It's raining provolone. She was right. Thick slices of the smoked Italian delight slapped us in the face. Then the old tomato guys. No, he didn't actually turn into a tomato. If you're wondering, that would be weird. The old tomato guy's sandwiches leapt off the cutting board, grew fangs, and ate us. Tomato guy laughed. Steve Perry came in, grabbed one of those thick chocolate chip cookies by the cash register, and laughed at us too. Then he flew away on a magic carpet. Oh yeah, by the way, we were all pretty stoned that night. Did I mention that? Some dude behind us at the concert shared a joint. I don't think anyone will notice. that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for the Mad Mike Hughes theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes on many podcatchers, but make sure you race over to Apple Music for some Journey tunes. Then while you enjoy the dulcet tones of Steve Perry, go to the Apple Podcasts and escape the drudgery of leaving a review by quickly dropping five stars on this show and zooming away in your escape vehicle. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also look us up on Instagram. And don't forget, you can call and leave a voicemail at 563-265-1978 about any damn thing you want. Check out the new website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com for information about the show, links to episodes, links to social media, for this show and its podcast, Charlie Brown, and info about my books, Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and not thoughts, and it's October, so the holiday season is coming. You might want to check out my novel, In the Saint Nick of Time. There's info about both books there, as well as links to some of the places that you can get it, get those books in print and ebook. All of that stuff in one place, carnivalofgleecreations.com. Please consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the Atari Bytes Patreon page, where if you donate, you may get access to episodes early. You might get bonus content. It's all very, very exciting. Shout out to my patrons, Michael Tyler and Jose Caseda. You guys are awesome. And don't forget to go over to AB underscore pod underscore store on Zazzle.com for go play some old games they've missed you, shirts and whatnot. Go see what's still over there. Um, like I said, eventually the store is going to get an overall. So watch this space for more information. Hey, do you love Snoopy? Yes, you do. Don't even argue with me. <laughs> do you know someone who does? Yes. Yes, you do. Charlie Brown, Linus, Pidpen, the whole Peanuts crew, the strips, the TV show, the movies, the merchandise, the mind of Charles Schultz. You're fascinated by all of that. It's an iconic institution. And we cover all of that on It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, the monthly show for all that stuff. Plus, interviews with playwrights, authors, actors. We even had the voice of Charlie Brown on the show talking about this iconic thing. And I don't use the word iconic nearly as much on the actual show as I'm using it right now. But it deserves it, because it is iconic. All right, that's the last one, I promise. 15th of every month, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown. Go check that out. Next time on Atari Bytes, miniature golf.
this might turn out to be slightly more compelling as a video game than, say, Hangman was, but maybe not quite as compelling as Hunt and Score. I don't know. We'll find out. It'll be worth checking out, I promise. It'll be good. Honest. Hole in one. What not. If that's even a thing in miniature golf. We'll find out. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you. Oh, 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 oh,